Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on the program is Richard Gamble, founder of the Eternal Wall of Answered Prayer. Richard Gamble, welcome to Facing the Canon. Hello. Great to have you on the program, Richard. Thank you. I want to start when you were 11 years of age. You weren't brought up as a Christian, but you overheard a conversation with your parents that your mother was quite sick and that prompted you to pray. Tell us about that. Yeah, I didn't know how to pray. I mean, I had no idea at all, but I just sort of uh, got on my knees, put my hands together and said, God, will you look after my mum? And difficult to describe, but I just felt God was with me and telling me it was going to be all right. And it was, my mum was, my mum was fine. But from that moment for me was the moment where I knew that God was real and that it, that he wanted to be in my life. And I sort of then um, had to wait then another 10 years till somebody shared the gospel with me. And that happened when you were at university? Uh, just after university, yes. Yeah, my first in my first job, somebody shared the gospel to me and it wasn't it, it was a no-brainer to me. I was like, right, that's what I need to do. And I think that's been a that's been a sort of a a driving point for my life really, is that you sometimes think you've got to twist people's arms and but I was ready. Well then after that you became very passionate about the Lord. There's um, a story of you walking around Leicester carrying a cross. Yeah. How big was the cross? It was, it was big enough, I can tell you. Yeah, it was, it was, I can't remember, eight, nine foot, something like that. And um, it was like a piece of performance art. That was the way I'd describe it. I wanted people to think about Jesus during Easter instead of chocolate eggs and all that shenanigans. And... Um, and yeah, and as I was doing that, um, I mean, lots of people saw it. I found out since a number of people, without even talking to me, uh, decided to become a Christian just seeing the cross. Just seeing the just cross. Just seeing the cross. And, uh, and but, what, what was it that prompted you? I mean, had you seen other people carrying well, cross? Well, I'd heard of a guy called Arthur Blessett, who yes. I believe had done that in every country. So I thought, well, I'm going to do that where I live then. And um, I mean, it takes a bit of courage to do that, doesn't it? Well, that may be one word people use to describe it. I think my my pastors thought I'd completely lost it. But yeah, I, I think it's just obedience. I just felt it was what God told me to do. But and then, during that walk, though, Richard, you had what may be a good word, an epiphany about what you could do in the future. Yeah, I was just in a moment of my life of considering what to do next and um, God just this sort of image sort of flashed through my head or image, idea, vision, not quite sure how to describe it, but it was of building a, a national landmark by a motorway made of a million bricks where every brick would represent a story of answered prayer and it was it was that clear and I... I went home and my wife looked at me and thought, oh, he's got that little twinkle in his face again. What's the next thing? And I said, we're going to build a national landmark. How many years ago was that? That was 18 years ago. So were you a little bit like Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
when the angel spoke to her, and she treasured these things in her heart. How long did you treasure these things in、uh, your heart? It it was ten years of just I I just didn't know what to do. I mean, I'm a very impractical man. You know, I've set my fire to my own bathroom. You know that I I'm not somebody who can build anything. So I just did not know where to start, and、um, you know, part of the journey so far has been naivety, really. And if I'd have known everything at that point, I'd have definitely gone. That's a rubbish idea. Move on. And so, ten years, really, I, I was sort of collecting different ideas and different thoughts about it, and praying. And、uh, then, about eight years, eight years ago, just felt God say, right. Now's the time to start working on this, and、uh, and it's almost like you know when Jesus said a couple of times, he said, "My time has not yet come,"、mm. and then he said, "My time has come." Yeah, and that was Kairos, God's yeah. time. Yeah, and and actually, you know, if you look at things like social media, were, were not a thing eighteen years ago. I believe they're really important part of the the vision in terms of sharing globally stories of answered prayer, and. You just look at the timing coming through the pandemic now, where people are really shaken, and we're we're building a landmark of hope. And when you talk to the press, they're like, "There's no better time for this." And I just believe that's that's the timing of God. And one of the lessons for me on this long journey is submitting to His timing. It's so easy to to strive and to push and to try and get people to open doors, and that rarely works. And what I found is, when if I just sit back and pray and and pray that God will open the right door, then that, that's a much more effective way of working. Well, tell us more about the details, Richard.、Yeah. So, what about how did it begin? Where did you get the land from? Where did you get permission?、Yeah. Tell us some of those stories. So, so、um, okay. So, in we we ran a global competition to get this designed, and the winning design was from a, a snug architects based in Winchester. And and just to proceed that story, you needed forty five thousand pounds、yeah. to build a website to initiate that. Yes, and the money came in. The money came in on the penultimate day. I basically, oh, it was horrible. It was really horrible because you, we'd launched it on BBC Radio Two, and 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 I'm in my innocence going, everybody's going to love this, and of course you just the numbers were like going up ten pound a day sort of thing, and with four days to go, we needed half of the money. And nobody was answering any phone calls. Nobody was answering any emails. It was it was painful, and、uh, I just went up one night and prayed through the night, and I felt God say to me, "Your job is to lead in peace." And it took me two days to find that peace, and and that peace was sort of coming to the conclusion of this is not my project. I cannot hold on to the responsibility. I've got to let. Let God hold this, and I got there with two days to go to the end. And the day I found peace was the day that the money came in from all over the world.、Incredible. It just—it was just like just rushing up. So, and that gave you the seed money to begin the process, yeah, of finding a suitable, a suitable architect, architect, yeah, and and. They came from all over the world. Yes, yeah, 126 entries from 33 countries. It, what it also did was it, that was the point that I believe God could have bailed me out 
God could have gone, love your heart, but that's a rubbish idea and it hasn't come from me. So let's start with an early failure. But he didn't. And that, that for me is a almost like a foundation for me of when, when you struggle, you go back and go, wait a second, God help me there. That was that was miraculous. So so we're then at this point where we need land and I was presenting um, Stephen Tim's MP had hosted a parliamentary reception and I'm doing this parliamentary reception and then I just get this little gnarly voice in my ear going, you got no money, you got no land, this is fantasy, you know. And so my wife and I went to a, um, a conference in the States and we were praying for land. And this lady came up to us and she said, um, I believe God's spoken to me and I've got a word for you. And the word is, he's got some heavenly land for you, which was amazing to go across the planet, halfway across the planet and hear God's word to you from somebody who has no idea what you're doing. So we have a team, as you'd expect, you know, this is this project is about answered prayer. We have a team of people who pray. So I phone them, I go, hey, we've just had this word that God's got some land. And this lady said, well, if, uh, if God's got the land, then I'll just ask him where it is. That'll save us a lot of time, won't it? And I was like, well, yeah, okay. And, uh, but then she, she, she went away and she prayed and then she sent me, emailed me this map. And the map just circled the map and said, Either this is the land or the person who owns it is really significant for the project. And what she didn't know was the person who owned that land had emailed me and asked to meet just a few days previously. And I meet with him and he's a, he's a wealthy, wealthy uh, landowner in the Midlands. And I share my heart and I'm trying to share the vision. And as all these businessmen are, just poker face, no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But at the end of the meeting, he then tells me that he'd set up a trust fund um, six months before God had given me the vision. So 18 and a half years ago, he'd set up a trust fund. And one of the aims was to build a national landmark about Jesus. You know, incredible. Isn't that incredible? And then he went away to pray and said, I'll give you some land. And uh, he gave me a different piece of land. So, which was amazing. So we're on this land going, this is great. And the lady who's prayed was like, this is not the right one. I said, look, he's given us some land. Let's not, you know, <laughs> let's not be picky. But six months later, he phoned me and said, it's not worked out. Now, I never told him where this lady had circled because I didn't, you don't want to manipulate a situation. So he gave me another piece of land. And then six months later, that didn't work. And then he paid an architect to look at all the land that he owned. And the architect came back with a piece that the lady had circled some years previous. So when he discovered the story about the woman, yeah, then, I mean, that's incredible. It's a gobsmacking moment, oh, isn't it? I mean... And, and um, yeah, and, and it's amazing. And it's an amazing... You know, you couldn't have picked a better piece because it is in between the M6 and the M42... HS2 is going to go about 100 metres close to it. Uh, the planes, I was on a plane yesterday, and you can see the land as you take off. It's incredible. We think... Uh, and the number of cars each day yeah, on the motorway. It's, well, it's 790,000 people will see it every week. Every week. And so, it will be so, seen from six miles away. What? 
what is it? So, yeah, no, I've been gassing <laughs> on. What is I? it? No, <laughs> tell so us. It's a, it's a giant Mobius Mobi strip, a giant infinity loop. And uh, it sort of curls around and then goes up into the skyline about 50 metres. So that's about two and a half times the Angel of the North. That's the, you can fit the Statue of Liberty underneath it without a plinth, you know, to give you an idea of scale. Massive. And then it's made up of a million bricks. And you'll be able to go and you'll be able to point your phone at any one of the bricks, even the ones right at the very top using some state-of-the-art technology. And your phone will then tell you the story of answer prayer that that brick represents. And for us, it is a way to make hope visible, to tell people in this nation that Jesus is alive, he listens and he answers. And and some of the some of the stories are, you know, the immediate stories where you pray and then suddenly God answers. Some of them are people praying over decades and some of them are stories where, you know, people have prayed for stuff and it's not it you know, it hasn't turned out the way they'd like, but it's their journey of building their relationship with God and finding peace and comfort and joy in even the trying of circumstances. And we hope that this will be a, a, a beacon, a signal to the world that the Jesus that we believe in is alive and at work. And then also technology as well with the website, someone who has a particular issue that they're facing can can inf- tell the website and it will reveal to them answers in yeah. that area. I mean, I found, found that amazing. Well, that's the bigger piece, isn't it? Because yes. we're, we're trying to compare ourselves to Christ the Redeemer and, and they get about 2 million visits a year, but over 10 million people Google. And we're, we're trying to get to the stage that when the database is revealed, that millions and millions of people, you know when you get a prognosis and the worst thing you can do is go on the internet and, you know, and, and wouldn't it be great if we can put a testimony by the side of that to say, this is what happened to me. I had that prognosis and this is what God, this is how God helped me through that condition or this is how God healed me. And, and we want to just inspire faith. Absolutely. The one, the one million bricks, Richard, where did you get the stories from? Well, we're still collecting them, you know, and that's probably one of our biggest challenges. Uh, we need people to share their stories with us. And we're sort of taking, the, the way the Mobius Strip is built, it's built up of 94 blocks that link together, 10,500 answered prayers on each one. And we've we've split that up regionally. So the first 70 are represented by regions of the UK, the other 24 from all over the world. And I'm saying to people, I can build this physically, but I can't build the stories. And we're asking people, can you build a story of what God has done where you live so that we will paint a picture for all people to see over the generations of a God who answers all answers prayer all around the world. So if someone listening now, Richard, has a story of answered prayer and wants one of those bricks, yeah. what do they have to do? All they have to do is to go online. They can upload a video or an audio or just write up to 500 words of their story. And then they've got a brick and we'll send them a certificate and they'll be able to come to the site, type in the number of the brick and see exactly where it is on the landmark. 
And do they have to pay for that brick? No. I, I, we, we started that off right at the very beginning and I felt really uncomfortable that of charging somebody to share a story of what God's done. It just doesn't seem right, doesn't does it? doesn't seem right. So what we've, what we've done is if people want to donate, great. But if they don't, that's fine as well because the most important thing is capturing that story. And the exciting thing is that long after we've left this planet, people are still going to be reading that story. And, and the story that you share could be the catalyst to lead somebody to the God who answers. And when I first met Richard about six years ago, I said yes to one of those bricks. You did? I did. And I sent him my story of answered prayer. Now you, Richard, you've had many answers to prayer. Let's go back quite a few years ago when you actually had a problem with your own back. Tell us about that and yeah. how the Lord healed you. I had a disease called ankylosing spondylitis, which uh, fuses your spine together. And, um, you know, when you, when you have a long-term disease, you just get fed up with it. And you get fed up with people offering to pray for you. And, um, but I just, I just believed one day God is going to heal me. I don't know when, but one day God's going to heal me. And so I just decided that if ever anybody offered, I'd go, yep, I'll go for it and I'll, and I'll take it. Sort of try and be almost childlike in that respect. Anyway, one day this guy's, you know, and the thing is, if anyone's ever been to a healing meeting, there's always a call for a bad back, isn't there? That just seems to be standard. It's the most popular. <laughs> it's a good go-to, isn't it? Well, but, probably because so many of us have got bad backs. Yeah. Yes. So, but this guy, a uh, guy called Andrew Hughes, just, uh, I knew, I just felt like he was speaking to me. And he said, does, does anybody want prayer for a disease in the, in the back? And I ran to the front and he said, do you mind if I put oil down your back? Which was a bit, mm, okay. It absolutely wrecked my shirt, by the way. Yeah. But he, he, That's unusual. Yeah. He poured oil down my back. But as he did it, I just felt heat go through my body. And then a few weeks later, I had an MRI scan. And the doctor said, yeah, it's, it's gone. And that, that now was, uh, that must be about 12 years ago. Yes. And uh, I'm, in, I'm in great shape. Isn't that encouraging? What, what would you say, Richard, to our viewers who are struggling with long-term health issues? Yeah, I, I would say to you that, that God hasn't given up on you. And, and keep pressing in, keep believing. Don't be under pressure with it, because I think that's a, you know, uh, that can be a struggle, but keep keep believing that the God who loves you has got the answer for you and keep taking every opportunity to receive that answer. That's great, Richard. Encourage us more, Richard. Tell us some more stories of answered prayer. And I, I do love your, your book. Uh, the way, the, you know, remember... <laughs> I think it's just so simple, isn't it? Remember, because we forget, don't we? Yeah, I think, and, and that's been one of the amazing things for me is as I started reading through the word, you see that remembrance flows all the way through it. 
and and of course they laid stones to remember what God has done on the on the staff they would mark it with testimonies so if you look through the word of God at when staff the word staff is used and you think that they they're talking about a staff with loads of testimonies of God that opens up Jesus of course when he you know at the covenant meals to do this what in remembrance of me it flows all the way through the word and um yeah so let me well i'll I'll share one amazing story that we had ourselves and then i'll I'll share a couple more we'll see how we go but uh, one of the things on our journey was um we had this great day when an investor came in and said i want to cover your running costs for three years which is amazing so that we could raise the money for the the, the landmark and and obviously you you need a big team yeah because there's so much to do yeah yeah we've got prayers we've got technology and the construction it's, it's a lot and um anyway he looks at it all and he says look you need a construction manager here and i was like no 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 i've got that sorted i'm subbing that out and he went no you need somebody internal who's going to fight your battles and then they started describing this person and how much they would cost i'm like how am i going to do that and then they started talking about volunteers, but the problem with volunteers is, you know, they're, they're generally retired and in that area, you need somebody who's up to date with all the laws. And then I said to them, I said, I, I really think this person needs to be a Christian. And they just laughed in the meeting and they said, Rich, you are looking for a needle in a haystack. If you want a Christian one, it's like a yellow needle in a haystack. And I said, well, I've been on this journey. Every time we've hit something like this, we've we prayed. So I just, they carried on yabbing, but I pray, I was in my head, I'm just like, God, can you help me? 30 minutes later, a guy is driving in his car. He turns on the radio. He hears a news story about Eternal Wall and he feels God say, you need to get involved. He's the senior construction project manager who's building the Commonwealth Games Stadium. He then, he then emails his bosses and says, I want to be involved in this project. His bosses then agree with him that him and an assistant can work for free for a day a week. So I was able to phone this guy up and go, yep, sorted, half an hour. <laughs> and, and it's just, and I'd love, I'd love to tell you that that's what it's like every day. And it's not, of course, because you, you, have, you have troughs and you have up and downs on the roller coaster. But again, for me and for that guy, you know, it just puts a, a solidity into it for him that God wants him there and helping us. Absolutely. And he's been phenomenal. And an encouragement, isn't it, Richard, that when God does want something to happen, it will happen. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, nothing will thwart, I like that word, thwart his purposes. Yeah. So God's tapestry in bringing that together. Yeah. Um, and I would, uh, probably most members of our team have got a similar story without exaggeration and and what that does it just builds a real sort of sense of purpose that we, we're on the we're on the right track track tell um, us some stories of answered prayer yeah that okay. you've come across in this journey that you've been on so there, there's one uh, which i love of um this guy who'd raised loads of money to uh ship a container of medical equipment to Nicaragua. And I can imagine him getting all these people to raise the money and then it gets to Nicaragua and he can't find it. And you imagine how much pressure he must have been under. Anyway, a few years later, 
the COVID kicks off and this missionary is in Nicaragua and she emails around and says, I can't do much because I'm limited, but can I help anybody? And this guy goes, yeah, I've, I've got a container that's lost in Nicaragua. Can you, can you try and find it? She goes to customs, sorts it out, finds a container, opens it up and it's filled with PPE equipment. It's filled with masks that, you know, uh, supply all the surrounding hospitals. And it's just the timing of God in it, you know? Absolutely. So, God willing, Richard, the plan is to begin? Yeah, we are um, beginning in the next few days, would you believe? We're doing grand investigations. We're building an access road. Uh, We hope to deliver one of the segments of the 94 to the site um, this summer. And then people will be able to come and visit and see it and see the size of it. Uh, and then we we are hoping and praying we'll be able to complete late 23, early 24. And then hundreds of thousands of millions of people will be able to see that we believe in a God who is alive, who listens and answers. The entire cost of this is... Uh, 13 million, not cheap. And, you know, you have challenges with that. Well, you could spend it on this or you could spend it on that. And, you know, there's two answers to that, really. One is, if this is not God's will, then £10 is too much to spend on it. But there's an economic argument, which is once we're up and running, it will, as any tourist attraction do, it will generate finance. And we believe it's going to generate hundreds of millions over time and all that money will go into Christian charities and good works across the UK. But at the moment you've got how much? Towards- We've got 5.6 as of today. But yeah, we are we are praying and and you know just trusting in him for the provision, but the more important thing is the stories of answer prayer. Absolutely. Way more important because you know the finance God's got He's got it. He's got it sorted. He's Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. So I don't need to be concerned about that. And I'm confessing that to you for when I worry. But the thing that the thing that is harder is finding individuals who take the time to share their story, which which will then be shared through generations. That's what we really need. Well, Richard, to me, the war reminds me of a cathedral. And many of our cathedrals have stood for a thousand years. And God willing, unless the Lord returns, that wall will be up there declaring the praises of God. Yeah. Because those one million prayer stories are thanking God that he heard, he answered. Richard, you are, you're an inspiration. And uh, we pray God's blessing upon you and your team that you will continue to persevere and persist. And uh, may you continue to know God's favour upon you. Thank you, Richard, for joining us on Facing the Canon. Thank you very much. Wasn't that incredible? Amazing. And if you do have a story of answered prayer, please go to the website. Please send in your stories. God wants to hear our prayers and God does want to answer them. I hope that's encouraged you. Thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. P.
please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media.